0: questions like, what's your story? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Today, let's take time to realize the importance of the stories we tell ourselves and others while talking about our lives. Welcome to Lone Pair Conversations. I'm Valerie. We're in conversation with narrative therapist David Newman. He has an independent counseling practice through Sydney Narrative Therapy, works at a psychiatric unit for young people, and is a faculty member at the Adelaide-based Dalish Centre, one of the homes of narrative therapy and community work. Hey, David.
1: Hi, Valerie. Nice to be here.
0: Thank you for agreeing to talk to us. Let's start with you telling us what narrative therapy is and how it relates to and aids our mental health.
1: Well, I mean, in short, narrative therapy is uh, an approach to therapy and community work it's um something that uh, social workers and psychiatrists and psychologists and nurses will do um in their work um Mm -hmm. when they're doing counseling work or therapeutic work but if i if i just go back just a tiny little bit um narrative therapy found some of its um uh, understandings through uh, the cognitive revolution and the idea that we are meaning-making and, and thinking um, people, the human race, and that one of the ways that we make sense of things or the ways that we think or make meaning um, is through a le- the lens of a narrative, You know that, um, that in order for, for us to be able to make sense of things, we need to have a lens and it's through the ne- lens of a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's where some of the ideas and the impetus of narrative therapy came from. And these, these um, go back in time to probably about the 1950s in terms of what was happening in, um, in psychological theory at the time. Now, narrative therapy uses an idea um, that you could probably say might come from a post-structuralist understanding, and that is about the plurality of life and um, the inconsistencies and the contradictions in life. Uh, and, and in identity, and uh, one way that that's taken up in narrative practice is to say that life is always multi-storied. So as a mm-hmm. narrative practitioner, we'd always be assuming that um, someone is not just the problem story, they're not just a bundle of despair or they're not just a bundle of um, anxiety or panic, um, but there's always other glimpses of life that are outside of those stories. Um, and the narrative practitioner is uh, wanting to breathe life into those glimpses of life when people have been able to cope or um, uh, take action in life. So life is multi-story, but life is also narrative therapy contextualized. So um, identity is seen as a contextual and a social achievement. In other words, we're really interested in looking at what happens around people. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it has a, uh, you know, you might call it a sociological kind of um, uh, approach as well or analysis as well to the, 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 um, the shaping of stories. Now, what you, I'll, I'll say just a little bit more about what that might mean in terms of practices mm-hmm. and um, what narrative therapy does so, broadly speaking, the first thing you might say about narrative therapy is it, it brings a non pathologizing approach because it's looking at the context of people's lives, not the problem with people. So, it mm-hmm. does something called externalizing the problem. Um, now, externalizing the problem is um, imagining and speaking as if, and writing or, or drawing or whatever it might be, as if the The problem experiences or the problem stories are separate from people. So people are in a relationship to despair. People are in a relationship to suicidal experience. People are in a relationship to addiction or to conflict um, or to cutting or whatever it is that the problem might be, anxiety. Um, that's called externalising and that's a big part of the conversations. Um, And so the second thing to say about um, narrative therapy practice would be that When we find aspects of life outside of the problem story, outside of the externalised problem story, we really want to ask a lot of questions and um, be very curious and listen out for um, stories that can be built on, like stories of coping, um, stories of skills of living.
0: Yeah, That's really interesting that you look at it from a perspective of knowing that life is multi-storied and that you don't just look at the problems, but you try to look at it in context to your life and then try to work around that.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, So
0: personally, what is it that got you interested in narrative therapy?
1: So narrative therapy was, I think, initially for me... Not just critique. Narrative therapy is certainly critique and it was responding to some of the politics of psychology and counselling and therapy and community work at the time in the Mm -hmm. 80s and late 80s. Um, But it wasn't just critique, it was also practice. So it was um, uh, and so I was seeing in in these ideas a strong engagement with power, a strong engagement with um issues of culture um and a non-pathologizing stance but they were they were full of very very elegant practices very elegant and very uh, effective practices so it was both a critique mixed with practice and i was very drawn to that um the um the other thing that drew me to narrative therapy, or another thing, is that it was very um, non-individualistic. So it was about um, connecting people and joining people around similar experiences, including joining people with their own communities. So therapy or community work wasn't sort of cut off from life so much. Um, The world of the person was brought into the therapeutic process much more than I'd seen in other approaches. And finally, Mm -hmm. uh, I was really drawn to um, the way that narrative therapy engaged with personal story, the personal story of the therapist. Around the time in the 70s and 80s, there was quite a lot of pathologizing of what was considered sometimes um, problematic motive for why people would get engaged with therapy, that they had some sort of, often that it would be spoken of as an unmet need. um, Right. And in narrative therapy, um, there was uh, an engagement with personal story um, that would be um, uh, acknowledging and honouring of personal story as shaping of purposes that you brought to the work, uh, that because you know something about um, how hard life can get as a therapist, you you want to bring that kind of purpose to the work. Um, because you know something a little bit about what it's like to have someone uh, like a parent who has an alcohol problem, you will bring that mm-hmm. kind of determination to do something about that and have skills around what you do um, around those experiences that you would bring to the work. So it was an engaging with personal story in a way that was acknowledging and honouring rather than pathologizing and dismissing.
0: Right. That's beautiful, that you would you would help somebody with their personal problems and their personal story in a way that you engage with them as opposed to stigmatizing it. and then you help them through that in a way that you are also concerned because you can connect it to something from your own personal life,
1: yeah. so for for instance, um, one one practice of narrative therapy would be to let people know, let couples know, let families know, let individuals know that um, you have been taken somewhere else in your life as a result of the conversation. You have other ideas for your life as a result of the conversation or as a, as a result of the work. Um, mm-hmm. You know that um, as a result of hearing how determined this person is to um, listen better to their child, that you 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 will take that with you too in your parenting or something like that. So... Right. Um, uh, yes. So there, there are particular practices where we um, uh, let people know how we've been moved somewhere else as a result of the conversation. Typically in narrative therapy, this this is an aspect of retelling someone's story. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's an honour, honouring or an acknowledging retelling of story um, about uh, when when we say where someone's taken us or where someone's story has taken us.
0: Yes. David, what age groups have you found narrative therapy impact the most? And what are the different ways through which people can tell their stories?
1: Um, So I I would say because narrative therapy really engages with meaning making, that's what it's interested in. And Mm -hmm. um, the meaning making that is privileged or the meaning making lens, as I've said earlier, that is uh, privileged in narrative practice is storytelling. I would say anybody, really, at any age, um, can um, take part uh, in these conversations, in this work. Um, I would say, you know, children who are very young, um, Mm -hmm. there might be some limitations in terms of language. um, Yeah. But um, I would say probably from, even from as young as three or four, I think, young uh, children can be making sense of things. Children can be using language to describe their experience in ways that we can um, shape a a therapeutic conversation of sorts. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say at any age, I think the limitations to the age is not so much the age of someone, it's the limitations of the worker and the extent to which they've got, uh, they're bringing particular practices and ways of talking that are resonant. Um, for the person that are part of the person's culture that are part of the person's um, kind of way of doing things or style. Now in terms of uh, how stories can be told, I think it's um, can be not just about um, uh, the spoken word we can engage with people and quite often therapists will ask, People to draw a picture of the worries, or draw a picture of um, depression, um, and that's a way that we can engage with meaning making or um, or some sort of communication. Um, we, there's also there's also uh, ways that therapists have been exploring um, music, um, and that's another option. Um, and um, there's been a very, uh, a huge explosion of using metaphor as well in, um, in narrative therapy. So speaking with people um, through the use of metaphors. So uh, we bring a metaphor that might be resonant, often uh, the, the metaphor of tree, you know, the tree of life and how people might be um, using uh, a tree as a metaphor to speak about their lives, you know, the roots are a little bit like where you've come from and um, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and that's another way that we can tell stories, just, just through metaphors. It might be recipes of life, it might be team of life, might be kites of life. Um, but this is another um, uh, more recent development over about the last 10 years of how metaphor is being richly engaged with in in telling stories, has lots of advantages, including people can speak indirectly about experience, which can help enormously when people have had traumatic experience and it's very hard to speak directly about experience. Right. Mm.
0: David, can you give us a further insight into what happens in a narrative therapy session and the role that a narrative therapist plays when it comes to understanding the problems that people bring?
1: Well, I, I think probably something that's reasonably common to, to many approaches to therapy and community work, we're just really interested. A narrative therapist is very interested in the experience of someone. It um, really wants mm-hmm. to get um, a rich a rich sense of the experience of someone. Um, narrative, narrative therapy is um, uh, very interested in the in, in using and reflecting back the language that someone uses. Um, in fact, narrative therapy would take a position against um, rewording what someone says. Um, and representing it through a a professional expert kind of language or psychiatric language. It would be Mm -hmm. about trying to use the language that people bring. So they might speak about, someone might speak about um, um, way out thoughts or die thoughts as as opposed to, for instance, the psychiatric term Uh, That gets imposed sometimes as suicidal ideation. So in the conversations, we would be speaking about way-out thoughts or die thoughts. Um, So um, a narrative therapist is listening out for um, a, a problem story and how they're being described and the effects of the problem story. So if someone did speak about die thoughts, we would be asking about the effects of the die thoughts. Mm -hmm. What the die thoughts might be saying, uh, what gives the die thoughts power, the context through which the die thoughts might be getting a lot of power. Um, But we understand, because that life is multi story, we understand there's always glimpses of life. Often they're in the shadows of the problem story, but there's always glimpses of life outside of the problem story. And a narrative therapist is always um, listening out for those glimpses and trying to take note of them, listening carefully for them. So um, when someone says, for instance, um, look, I know when I wake up and depression is with me and strong, um, I know I can give depression, I can kind of stay in bed for about two hours and anything after two hours, I know it's just going to turn terrible. We understand mm-hmm. that as a little piece of knowledge that someone has about depression. They know they can give depression two hours and, um, and then they've, uh, if, they, if they keep complying with what depression requires, depression will get the upper hand. And we might ask them, how did they gain that knowledge? And then people might start telling stories of how um, depression has got the upper hand after two hours and what they've done to kind of retrieve their lives from it. In other instances. So we're listening for the problem story and we're listening for glimpses outside of the problem story which we could call in narrative therapy alternative stories or preferred stories. Sometimes they're also referred to as second stories or subjugated stories and we want to breathe life into those other stories and have them come out of the shadows of the problem story.
0: Um, David, is it possible for people to find their stories through the stories of other people's lives or while playing a role in someone else's life?
1: I I, um, have been very interested in the idea of people finding their stories through the stories of others. Um, Mm -hmm. For the last um, eight or so years, I've been working part-time in a psychiatric unit for young people in Sydney and I do many, many groups. Um, And in these groups... Um, one thing I've noticed is that um, people will often find their own language. They will often find their own experience um, when they hear someone else's experience. So I might, do, I might be doing a round in a group and I'll, I'll say, look, you know, um, uh, the opening question might be, you know, like what's, what's something that's um, rough for you? Uh, someone might say, I, I really don't know. And then we'll go through um, um, a, you know, a few people will answer, this is rough or that is rough. And, and then all of a sudden someone who didn't know what, how to describe just how rough things are and how to describe the turmoil will find words for it. They'll find words because they've noticed that there is an overlap of experience with someone else. There's an overlap of story or the opposite. They'll know that there's, that story does not speak to them that experience does not speak to them and in that mm-hmm. sense that it doesn't speak to them they've got a sense of what does speak to them they have a sense a little bit of what their story is so the, these this concept of people finding their own finding their stories from the stories of others um, I found incredibly helpful in the work um, because I it means I, I'm um, I put much less pressure on people to speak because they can speak once they hear something either of their own experience reflected in others um, or not reflected in others. Um, I also use this very much with the written word, these alternative or preferred stories. Um, I, I uh, In narrative therapy, there's a long tradition of, of using the written word and writing down these stories so people can have them when they go or that they can donate these stories to other people who are... Who are um, Going down similar paths, um, and we share these these letters or these documents in the groups, so and people get a sense of their own stories through the stories that are being written down.
0: David, thank you so much for talking to us about narrative therapy. There is so much that we got to learn from you today. Getting a better insight into what narrative therapy is, and we learned that it is about meaning making and looking at things and making sense of things through the lens of a narrative. And we learn that life is always multi-storied. And you look at the glimpses of life outside your problems. And that is such a beautiful thing, that you connect with experiences. You connect people with experiences. And you can also relate to other people's experiences to form your own narrative and find your stories through that. So thank you so much for talking to us about narrative therapy today.
1: My great pleasure, Valerie. I hope it was of use.
0: Thank you. Music